0: Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Schultz. We are coming off a weekend of another pair of exciting NFL games. One of those games was really a no-win situation for Seahawks fans, but we're going to get into it. Joining me to talk about it, I've got my friend and three-in, three-out co-host Clinton Bonner and my co-host from the Seahawkers podcast, my good buddy Adam Emmert.
1: Good to be here, bud. I'm glad clinton's here with us too uh help me process uh what happened here this last sunday and how the la team somehow got everything it wanted roger dell wanted got everything it wanted and how it makes me so angry that when i wake up in the morning and feel uh angry britney looks at me and says what's going on with you and the first words out of my mouth the day after last sunday was the Rams are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that was the first words <laughs> out of my mouth Monday morning.
0: Yeah. It's a problem for all of us. I'm I'm dealing with it. I know you're dealing with it. Clinton, how have you been dealing with this weekend because I mean because it is Satan's championship. We yeah. were going to be feeling this dilemma no matter what happened after this game. And are you more upset that the Rams won or are you more upset that the 49ers lost if that makes any sense
2: i'm more upset that the chiefs didn't know how to put a 21-3 game away at home because i thought they would be the the team that could basically wipe the floor at the niners and probably beat the rams however what i want to say about that quickly is that like it was almost at like the ending of rocky four you know like i i was the russian you know uh, ambassador or whatever he is at the, the, the gorbachev guy and by the time at the end of the game, I was cheering for Joey Burrow. I'm like, you know what, Chiefs, if you're gonna blow this, then I'm hitching my wagon to, to these orange, you know, beautiful people here. Let's go, Joey B. So I'm still more like, how the Chiefs do that? Like, what how do they disintegrate? And I think it gave the NFC West, you know, now the Rams, um, a much better chance to win the Super Bowl. So pisses me right off, gotta be honest.
0: Okay, so if Joey Burrow is fighting Drago. As Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship, what what is the follow-up then for Rocky now going up against the Rams? I, that's a good that's
2: a good pop culture question there because I don't I don't want to talk about Rocky Five like ever. so,
0: I'm no, so and, you and really you can you can uh, you can mix and match however you want. I mean, gosh, you know, are the Rams club or Lang and you' and you just stretch the timeline however you want i I don't know the answer either. But you posing Joey B as the Rocky sort of hero, it now it has me intrigued. Well, this is what you do. You
1: just write your own script from here. Basically, Joey Burrow is now fighting the ghost of uh, Stalin and Mao at the same time uh, and in a no win situation to try to take down what could be the most evil entity in the human history right here. Like that's uh, that's what's happening. Uh, It's going to be tough to watch.
2: I like i like that i like to you know that that uh, amalgamation let's throw a little pole pot in there while we're at it yeah. right so mm-hmm. just a no, little you can't forget pot. the pole pot no no no, no. no. You just, the, the, the man won't be forgotten right so yes so joey b versus the, the tyrants of history for the win and to put the freaking rams back where they belong which is nowhere near the freaking lombardi so it's we got a hitch we have we have to all be in for joey b right that's that's it oh yeah
0: i mean i was all in for whoever was coming out of the AFC even before that game. So I wasn't necessarily mad that Mahomes lost or that the Bengals won. I was just, I was watching an entertaining game. We can start there because man, oh man, you watch that first half. And I mean, the chiefs looked like they were going to run away with it. And I had no expectation that the Bengals were going to make the kind of comeback that they did. Now I didn't expect them to go away necessarily, but the way they came back, was impressive. Well, I'll
1: let you guys speak to that because I'll tell you this. uh, Satan's Championship weekend came around this Sunday and uh, first game was obviously the AFC game and I had lied to myself and I I thought rather effectively that uh, I wasn't watching (laughs) any football on Sunday. So started out not watching. uh, So did not catch Chiefs and Bengals. uh, And then the start time for Satan's Championship game came and um, I tuned in. You couldn't couldn't tune out. Couldn't tune out. Uh, I learned some things about myself, Uh, and we can get (laughs) to that in a minute. But uh, in terms of Chiefs Bengals, from what I gather, uh, the Chiefs just kind of got cold, and Bengals stormed back and took an overtime. Yeah.
0: I look. If I had to throw in a conspiracy based off of what I saw from Patrick Mahomes in the second half of that Chiefs Bengals game, I would think that maybe. The NFL wanted the Bengals to win and Mahomes just wasn't allowed to play well in the second half. And mm-hmm. so he like did his best impression to tank that game entirely in the second half because he was a disaster.
2: Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't good. He went cold for sure. And I, you know, I trying to bring it back to like our Seahawks and what, and how does it compare to, to like sometimes our team too. The thing with the Chiefs, which is like for me, any, any team at this, at this time of year It's like you also have to be able to, at 21 to three, run the ball effectively, put the game away with running the ball, which I think McKinnon was doing a nice job. Like early in the game, I saw McKinnon like getting some crazy holes there. And then it would just seem to kind of, it all went south. You know, it all went south. It went south pretty quickly, too.
0: Well, Um, they had their moments, too, in that game where they would run the ball effectively. Then they'd get down toward the red zone. Stop. And then they, yeah, then they'd stall.
2: Even even the play right before halftime, the the nice tackle on, on uh Tyreek Hill to keep him out of the end zone, uh, because that would have that would have made it what, 28 to 10, I think, at that oh, point. Because yeah. they, they made it 21-10. So huge play, but they get down there and they just they kind of just stop running the ball from, from the people called the green zone, right? The ten the ten and in. That was interesting. And and it's just philosophically, I know I know it was funny to see like um, especially some Seahawks fans being like, ooh, can we now start to say that Andy Reid is Wasting Mahomes' prime, you know the same way we've talked about. Hey, Carroll has wasted, uh, you know Wilson's prime um, because at the end of the day, you got it's it's lining up to be right now a very similar. You got you got your Super Bowl win, you got your Super Bowl loss, and now you're you're getting you know ousted earlier in the playoffs than uh than than making it to the Super Bowl. So it's at least interesting, you know, different, very different coaches, but man, I, I wanted to see Casey pound the friggin' ball. And they didn't. And on the other side, you had check downs to running backs. And, and that was working for the Bengals. Like, So, I don't know, kind of a tale of two different ways to play football. And the one that usually wins or wins more often in January and February won the game, which was interesting, I thought.
1: Well, what it sounded like you guys both described there was the Achilles of an Andy Reid offense that has been there since he's been with the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, think about all of the championship games that andy reed went to while he was head coach of the eagles and now all the championship games that he's gone to uh as the head coach of the chiefs and one title to show for it and there's a reason you guys talked about their running game and it's not that they can't run the ball it's the way that they run the ball is mckinnon a power back or would you call him more of a scat back no he's not power no right. yeah. no and think, think back all the way back to the Eagles. I mean, Brian Westbrook, was he a, a power back or more of a scapon? Nope. Damn good, but not a power back, not a power back. So Andy Reed always goes with finesse running and finesse running is great when you're throwing the ball well, and you can kind of mix it up with tempo and just kind of catch guys off guard. And with that speed and all of that, then you should be able to mix that into your game plan, no matter what uh, your default running game looks like. However, If you want to do it consistently in the postseason, when it gets hard, when the weather's bad, when injuries have mounted up and the pressure is on and the fans are loud and the passing game isn't working, you have to be able to pound the rock down their throat without question. Nobody's standing in your way. You're an unstoppable force, and it doesn't matter what they do. When you can do that, no matter what, you have something that you can fall back on in those hard times, when the offense starts to fail for an entire half, and you don't give up an 18-point lead, and you go to another Super Bowl, and you don't waste another year of Mahomes' prime.
0: Well, and they had, the, they still had their opportunity to win that game. And shoot, they even they won the coin toss in overtime. Oh and boy. I was told, I was told a week ago by all oh, the fans yeah. that that were upset about the coin toss that if you won the coin toss, it was almost an automatic win with Mahomes. But then, you know what, the, the Cincinnati defense shows up, he throws a pick, and what do you know? Now the Bengals are in the driver's seat, all they have to do is drive 20 yards and kick a field goal, and gosh, they drove more than that because Joe Mixon was pounding the football That's at right. the end of that game. Talk about a power back. Mixon showed the Chiefs what power running was late in that game.
2: Well, yeah, so the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going deep against against either a cornerback and a safety double coverage and it gets picked off, right? And oh by the way, Adam, you talked about this. You're, you're by the way, your guys last podcast phenomenal all the way through. Oh, thanks, Hilarious, sir. phenomenal, just wonderful, wonderful job. Um but you talked about it. Yeah. You got to play defense and overtime. And may, maybe we're the, the, we're the old, the old stalwarts here who are like the rules of the rules are freaking fine. And the 10 and one sample size, which we talked about last time was it's an 11 game sample size. Like, Oh, it's 10 and one. Hey, guess what? Law of averages. Maybe it doesn't get to 50, 50 because even in the regular season it's not 50, 50, but it probably gets closer to 65, 35 or 60, 40 again. And the rules are fine and it was just just proven out there the Bengals play freaking defense and then run the freaking rock down their throats just gashing them six seven eight nine yards a clip first down first down first down first down and then by the way real quick on on mcpherson that dude man like we talk about brandon you were asking earlier what's something we can improve on you know what how about I mean, myers has been okay for us fine but if four million dollars for a kicker who was did not have a great season Find your McPherson, bye bye Myers, and just all praise to freaking to, to that guy McPherson because he was he was he was more money than Hauska, and that's saying a lot, man.
0: Ooh, ooh, be careful going there. He was just be, as money
2: be, as Hauska. Okay? Be
0: careful suggesting that that Seahawks players should take pay cuts, and they can do better by finding better players because Richard Sherman went on a rant talking to Cliff oh. Averill, On uh, Richard Sherman did a podcast, and they were they were complaining how fans. How they want, you know, either Bobby Wagner to take a pay cut or how he's past his prime. And so fans can't talk. Fans can't talk about Bobby Wagner taking a pay cut or suggest when might be the right time to move on from a star player. But you know what? That's exactly what we're going to do. And we're going to talk about it coming up next. Richard Sherman did a podcast with Cliff Averill recently they hit on quite a few topics and you can read up about them at fieldgoals.com Stan Taylor has the article there so if you haven't heard about it though Sherman was lecturing fans on the idea that if you were to let Bobby Wagner go you're not finding someone who is better than he is right now and i agree 85% of peak Bobby Wagner is still better than 85 to 90% of the linebackers in the league but what we're talking about is the difference in the salary cap number to the amount of skill at a particular position. The difference in pay of a young linebacker who, you know, is under a rookie type deal and Bobby Wagner's contract is that amount of money something that you could use, I don't know, maybe on a pass rusher, maybe on the offensive line. That's what fans are thinking. They're not thinking that Bobby Wagner's washed and that he needs to be, you know, kicked to the curb or anything. It's just you know roster management in the offseason and sherman is like taking this personally well the players often do especially when
1: it comes to their money you can tell that that's when they usually will turn their back on fans right quick is when they feel like the fans are attacking them about their money or for their money or whatever it is right or asking for their money <laughs> all that stuff so basically I mean, what you're kind Rams of don't alluding control to the
0: salaries, though, for the teams, though. So it's, you know,
1: no, no, but they, they do create public pressure on GMs, and it does sometimes shape some of the moves that happen in the offseason. Now, with Bobby, here's the thing there's certain players that you pay through the end of their contract. There just are. They're are guys that changed your culture, changed your building, changed your entire franchise. A guy that has, you know, strapped it up under every condition you can imagine injured, whatever, never complains Is a leader in the locker room. There's a lot of those sort of things that you're paying for with Bobby Wagner. Now, are and you that's still why getting you
0: keep Matt Hasselbeck to the end of his career?
1: Sure. Why not? Wait, what, like, wait, did that really hurt us in the end? He still went on and played several oh, seasons. I get, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I thought you meant to his fantasy. end of his tenure there, but, you you know what I'm what I'm getting at. Like Bobby Hasselback his you know, back was broken by then. Like I
0: mean you don't you don't keep him on there. But No, Bobby hasn't shown any health issues or anything like that, yeah.
1: Wags has been a machine. He's been a machine. And wh- why would you uh turn your back on that at this point? Now, to Clinton's point with Myers, like there's a guy that if you want to talk about money and save him money for veterans and and all of that stuff. So you had Myers have one great year and one slightly subpar year. Is that commensurate with his uh salary? I'm not sure, but he's also not a guy who changed Seattle football forever. So if you want to move I, I, on and I cut was salary not from
0: there, Jason Myers to
1: Bobby Wagner, let's get that straight. Well, I'm just I'm just straight and Sherm sure out here just a little bit, you know, like and, and maybe the fans that are really on board with getting rid of Wagner at this point. Look if they do it, I can understand the monetary reasons to do that. I'm not sure what you gain monetarily outweighs what he brings to the franchise still, not just on the field and in the community.
2: I think, I, I think they're all good points. I think it'll be one of the more interesting topics of the entire off season for the Seahawks because it's, I think he's, I think he's due $20 million, right? It's like at least 18. I think he's up to 20 next year, which is just a lot of money to pay a linebacker. And another staple guy, I realize that Bobby is a hall of famer, you know, put the gold jacket on now it's happening. Yeah. And with that, they had an, uh, an option or a chance to treat a different linebacker who you might say is still playing at a higher level than Bobby might be at this point in his career. KJ Wright, and they did the exact opposite last year. Exact opposite. Let him walk. He did not sign a huge deal with the Raiders by any means. Looks like we could have brought him back, and they decided not to. Uh, you know, I, I, I realize that the chip is different. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the same exact level. And I'll give Bobby all the credit in the world where, where things collapsing around us, Earl Thomas giving the finger and everything else. Bobby was that that steady Eddie through all these years. So I, I, full, fully, I fully understand all that. I do think his play, his speed is, he's just not as quick anymore. So hey, you want to build around him and, and understand he's 85% Bobby Wagner? Cool. Make that decision and build the team thusly, but don't ignore it and think he's uh, 2014 Bobby Wagner any longer because he ain't.
1: How many good years of Bobby do you think is in the tank? What What would you be your guess? Good is it years? more than
2: three? Uh, no, I would say good years, two. I mean, two, 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 two maybe, more?
1: Maybe three. This year and another one? Yeah, good years. Good years. Cool. Th- Redo his contract, restructure it, give him a bonus, uh, make the cap hit come down, and keep him on the team for the next two years and call it good. Now, yeah. your point about the KJ situation, that's totally different. Number one, uh, weak side linebacker is not the same as your uh, quarterback so in the middle yeah. of your defense. It's just not. I'm sorry. And as much as I love KJ, and trust me, I love me some KJ, if Wags is an A-plus throughout his career, KJ's like an A- minus or a B-plus. An amazing, above average player. Like a, a very good perennial pro bowler. No doubt about it. But he's no Wags. No, I
2: agree with all that. One will be a Hall of Famer. One maybe gets into the, uh, the Seahawker's ring of honor, right? And mm-hmm. I see that uh, we got Adrian in the chat there saying Bwags is top ten MLB in the NFL. I wonder if he means currently, because
0: yeah, he's still Pro Bowl caliber. He made second team All Pro this year.
2: I, I look, but a lot, but so much of that. But let's also recognize, let's be honest about Pro Bowl. I mean, Pro Bowl it it, it becomes the. You remember when Ray Lewis was making Pro Bowls like his last year? And yeah, he, he was still
0: good toward the end he of the
2: career. Okay, yeah, okay. he was good, but. There's other dudes out there right now that probably deserve a nod to the Pro Bowl that just have to wait their turn. That's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah, uh, probably- well,
1: maybe they ought to make more tackles then because <laughs> Bobby had a shot fish on a tackles this year and damn near led the league in tackles and even didn't even play the last game. So give me a break. There's nine other guys that are so much better than Bobby that deserve the Pro Bowl. Get out of
2: here. Uh, listen, I, I, think, I think there might be and... Leading the league in tackles or nearly, we discussed this too, that doesn't mean you had a great personal year. That means your scheme.
1: It certainly per- doesn't mean you had a bad one.
0: No, he's, he still had a, yeah, he was, he was, he had a really good year. Now I, I did want to point out this one comment from GoHawks05 said, Shermpod was nails on a chalkboard for me. And I want to, <laughs> I want to point out the moment that was nails on the chalkboard for me is when I heard Richard Sherman use the term we, when talking about, his Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing the uh, facing off against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> when I I almost thought that Sherm was gonna say we with the Niners and that would have been fine. You know, he was with them for quite a bit of time most recently, but when he used them talking about the Bucks, that was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Dirty, not right. It's it's yeah, didn't feel right at all. What I is he supposed that? to say? Yeah, I don't just don't use it. For one, Sherm third person. You know, yeah, Sherman. Now he announced his retirement, right? And so okay. he's 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 not a member of the Bucks anymore. It just it sounded weird saying "we" or hearing mm. "we" come out of his mouth when referring to how the Bucks almost got by the Rams. And the interesting thing was is that this show came out today on YouTube, and they were talking about the championship game weekend, and he was talking about why he thought that the Niners were going to beat the Rams, and really the Niners. They should have beat the Rams. They were up 10 points in the fourth quarter and choked that game away. And you talk about a team that i mean, it was setting up perfectly for because the Niners are able to run the football. I, I thought up 10 against the Rams and considering the dominance they've had against that team throughout the season to the, well, throughout the past few seasons, that they'd be able to hold on to that lead. And I know we're waiting for the Jimmy G moment to where he gives it away. But he waited until they they needed to make a drive, which is the worst possible time mm-hmm. and the worst possible situation yeah. to put Jimmy G in. But I, I was a little bit surprised that up 10 points that they folded in that game against the Rams. Yeah,
2: and Adam, there must have been a spot because you talked about it as your disappointment in Pete Carroll in so many of the same places that like, I mean, the bottom line is, Everybody who was a Rams fan was excited when they didn't do the thing that they didn't do. So, Adam, you, you must you must know what I'm talking about with the with the, the, the maybe the cowardice of Shanahan.
1: The hilarious part is is that before you chimed in, this was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, fourth and two, Clinton. Your thoughts? <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> that was it. Because to me, that literally was it. That was it. I mean, Brandon and I were texting back and forth in that moment, and it's like they're really not going for it here, like. I mean, and, and you saw the football gods were not excited about that. No, they, they, they were thoroughly smited from that point forward. And that, that, that in lost the game right there. Oh, and uh, Adrian has a great point here uh, with
0: their attacks. Yes. The Matt tart. Stafford oh. gift up in but the, that's the air gods. floating through the air and could not hold on to that football.
2: Yeah. I want to, I don't want to address a few, a few of these things. So like, yeah, the fourth and two was just, it was yeah, against, against a team that can move the ball and, and you're on the road. Although it was kind of funny. You said the football gods were against it. So were the fans. Most of uh, the majority of fans were bathed in red that day. Uh, Cause it was mainly mostly, I'd say majority 51 or so plus Niners fans, which was, which was funny. Uh, just kind of funny to see in LA. And then the thing is, like, so many, to me, so many people, and I think it was all stemmed from the, the Mina Kimes, Jeff Garcia story, and I'm not going to get into.
1: Oh, but, can, can yeah. we please cover that for a second? Because Jordan sure. asked me if I was into it or I knew what was going on. Then he sent me some link to some Twitter thing that made catfish zero
0: sense. I have no idea what happened. I, I literally don't well it's you have to be on twitter to i think <laughs> be involved in the twitter drama it's part if, if it happens on twitter, on twitter it, did, it really does not matter. matter it didn't yeah. matter but it was entertaining i thought
2: but he, but here okay let's 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 side quill this thing real quick jeff okay. you know, so mina kimes basically says that jimmy g is the is the guy is the kid in class that you know everybody's working on a project and you the the team gets an a plus, but this kid did nothing the whole time. Basically. Right. Mm, makes that, that analogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Garcia, Jeff Garcia gets, gets on, I think
0: Twitter or whatever. He'll, he'll, he said, yeah, you know, whatever he went no, out. He may they, have said it on a broadcast. It, yeah. Whatever was,
2: and then it was put out on Twitter. Right. So whatever, whatever it is. Um, and Garcia gets out there and says, who the heck is she? She's, she doesn't, you know, she's never played a play they were day throwing a, a yeah, the that, NFL. Oh, oh that, that, that whole business. So, so then, so then the entire, you know, everybody and their mother comes to Mina Kimes, like off the top ropes to defend Mina Kimes. <laughs> and it's, and it becomes this, Jeff said this because Mina, Mina's Kimes is, is a woman thing. And it was just like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, she went there. She, it, she, went, yeah, it went yeah. there. Oh, it went there. It's like, she has a take. He's an NFL quarterback. He says what he thinks. And then it's gotta be about the fact that she's a female. Wait a second. Can't me the times defend herself. Is she not an NFL analyst who has had this? Oh, she defended this, herself just yeah, fine. Yeah, of course. just the glomming on of the nonsense of like, uh, a human could talk to a human and be like, your take is trash. And that's that. Jeff Garcia was like, your take is trash. You didn't play the game. Jimmy G's okay, you know? Well, so- the
0: players are always playing that that never played the game dynamic card whether it's yeah, a male or female that's analyst. my
2: point they play it to everybody you know she she's an nfl analyst she had a take it's fine right so
0: but then to see jimmy go down the way he did it was like she got the last laugh because it was exactly mm. that. and it's the same opinion i i don't know why you know jeff garcia was just so heavily in defense of jimmy g i mean Every 49ers fan in that moment is like just thinking, please, Jimmy, don't screw this up. I think (laughs) Shanahan was thinking, please, Jimmy, don't screw this up. And that's the way he played down the stretch. Yeah.
1: You don't think Jeff uh, has like some PTSD of trying to, you know, fill the shoes of Joe Montana and Steve Young and has nothing but the utmost empathy for every 49ers quarterback that has come since then. And despite their deficiencies, like, goes out and defends them to the hill because gosh dang it, he took all the slings and arrows too when he was uh, in there. So that's probably where that comes from. And plus we all know that uh, Jeff Garcia doesn't have an opinion about women one way or the other. He's into dudes.
0: <laughs> that is what, what right? we learned that from T.O. It is
2: what yeah. Tio insinuated. Which
1: is totally yeah. false, by the way. I uh, right. Right. Yeah.
2: But you know what? What Tio brought up years ago, right? Which is which yeah, is He tried so, to question
1: him as manhood somehow by calling him gay. It
2: was the dumbest thing. I agree. So he was taking those arrows back then too, right? So it's just, it's just yeah. it just it just seemed like a weird reaction to a to, to a conversation about football to me. And then you know, and then Mina kind of puts out that that tweet, you know, the the, the gif of, of the the guy looking away like Ooh, after, after he throws the interception. But I'm like, in my my brain too, I'm like, listen. The dude, it's like third and whatever, third and third and 10, third and yep. 15. He, yep. he immediately he has two Hall of Famers on his ass between Donald and Von and uh, Von Miller. Oh, yeah. And he's and he's literally trying to make a play. He doesn't even throw that bad. It's like you know, it's underhanded backwards, actually throws a spiral, goes off his guy's hands. I'm not saying it's a smart play, but
0: the running just like, came in a little bit too hot, and so it went over his head. The trying to make a play. Okay, in like, that I, moment, it wasn't all Jimmy G. I We don't need to be defending Jimmy on this show. No, uh, no,
2: uh, really. I mean, he's, but he's, he's going to, you know what? You know what? Um, he was better than I think people give him credit for for that team, and um, good luck with Trey Lance.
0: It's going to be tough <laughs> for them. But really, you know, going back to that fourth and two where they chose to punt or they took the delay of game and then chose to punt, I mean, yeah. they had an opportunity. I I don't know if it was a play-calling issue in that moment, but remember what happened before that fourth and two. Elijah Mitchell ran up the middle for a nine-yard gain, and so mm-hmm. they crossed midfield, and it was second and one. And yeah, then they they ran for a one-yard loss, and then they tried a, a, a cute little fullback run up the middle that went for no gain, and then it was fourth and two. So, you know, I... I felt like maybe they tried to just get a little bit too cute on that third down play. And I mean, the, the Rams line balled up in that moment. It's not too cute. If you are going for it on fourth down,
1: like I get that play call on third down. If you know, you have fourth down in your pocket. And on top of all that, what I don't understand uh, Shanahan's thinking in that moment is, so your number one strength is running the football and being able to pick up yards and out bully everybody. I mean, geez louise if i had to hear you know aikman talk about how tough the niners were and everybody had to eat extra wheaties every freaking day (laughs) to come and play the freaking niners like if that's really your identity like how do you not go for it on fourth and two like i just you you've been unsuccessful twice sure i mean aren't the odds like exponentially in your favor now the odds of failing three times in a row are pretty freaking low like i just i don't get that uh, it just didn't make any sense. The other thing with the Niners that really bothered me throughout the game is, um where's George Kittle? Like, I, I don't understand how they just didn't get him involved all day long. All they wanted to do was hand the ball off to Debo. Like, that was their whole game plan. Yeah. Because well, we're going to give it to Debo on the sweep. And poor Debo. Uh, does he owe Jimmy G money? Did he sleep with Jimmy's mom? Like, what did he do?
0: To get Debo Jimmy to try to get him killed. Come out of that game alive. I mean, how many times did Jimmy throw him right in the middle of the field? And, and well, he did get crunched the, the one time badly. And, man, yeah. for for him to get up after that and still be playing was, was pretty impressive.
2: I, I wish, of course, no injury, you know, on any NFL player, right? And it seemed to me like every time Debo touches the ball, it's like I think he's going to lose a knee. Like the mm-hmm. way he runs – he, he's like always in this position where he's like getting his leg out of like uh, incredible damage. Like at the last freaking second, it's like, whoa. And you, re, you, you watching in slow motion, like this dude is going to, you know, all the CLs at some point. And, and, and I'm not wishing it again, but it's like, holy Hannah, dude. Like there were so many times where his thigh just, just clears where it had to go. And then a helmet like goes just by his knee. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to, as it, and it's, a men, it's his mentality, he the way plays, he plays. Yeah, game. he
0: plays just and, as hard as George Kittle does at tight end. The, right. The way he right. runs. And so, yeah when, yeah, when you do, when you run that tough, it, I mean, but, I mean, to Adam's point, uh, he's a running back. And so oh, that's yeah. running backs do. Well, look, here's the thing. I mean, his closest
1: comp or the one, the guy that he reminds me the most of is Marshall Falk. Like, that that's really who he is. He's a running back who can play receiver a little bit, too. Like, that's what Marshall Falk did. And I, I remember thinking the same things about Marshall Falk when he ran the ball. I was like, oh man, he's going to get hurt anytime. He's just kind of a smaller dude, like all that. And he played for a good long time. Yeah. But I think if oh, you yeah. want to see, uh, you know, kind of what his career comparison will look like and how it can ultimately go, I, I, he's more of a Marshall Falk than he is a Jerry Rice. You
2: know well, not not bad either way, right? So two uh two different Hall of Famers. Look, he, give him he, give him some either.
1: respect. I oh, mean, yeah. he's a hell of a player, plays with a lot of heart. Um, you know, if Kittle wasn't such a woo guy, I probably would give him a little bit more respect, <laughs> but uh he, he just drives me crazy. But I did learn something about the woo myself guys, are this guys game.
0: that you want on your team, but yeah, well, so you, what did you learn about yourself?
1: I learned that my hatred for the Rams outshines the Niners in it wasn't as close as I thought it was. Like I was literally like pulling for the Niners by about the second quarter. Like (laughs) I tried to, I tried to tamp that down.
0: Like where's where's my 49ers gear that I can throw on to to make sure that this, this quarter goes our way.
1: Yeah. yeah, Or something. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I just, I knew it in my heart. Like I hate the Rams exponentially more than I do the Niners. I do. And I hate the freaking Niners. I hate them so much. That's how you know how much I hate the Rams.
2: But what what is it about them? Is it I mean, like, yeah, that's that's the question, right? Because I like the way the Niners play more than I like mm-hmm. the way the Rams play the game. So like it's and so it's like more mutual respect for the way they play, the way they play. Um, and I think the rivalry is stronger too, just because of the yeah. NFC championship mm-hmm. and everything else, and uh, you know, all those, all those great games with those Niners teams. And I too, if I have to put them in a basket at this point. I hate the Rams more, which which is nice for this you know this this upcoming game. But what about it, Adam or Brandon? Is like that makes you makes you hate them that much more.
1: The Niners are a real team in terms of they started out in a city, stayed in a city, have been in that city, have cultivated seventeen in fans. In that area, yeah, they, they cultivate however many fans yeah, were in right. that stadium. That was probably every Niners fans in the state, and they took over that stadium, right? So they actually have a few fans around. Like, they're a real th- franchise, not compared to the fake-ass Rams. Like, where are they going next? Where's the bigger money next? Are they going to kick the Giants out of New York yet, next? And, like, run the Rams over there? Like, I just, it's so gross. And then you saw their fake-ass fans in that fake-ass game this last weekend <laughs> sit there and totally get outshined by a divisional opponent in their own house in a championship game. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. They're disgusting fans. <laughs> I like the disgust is dripping.
0: <laughs> I, I I can't I can't uh, I can't go any better than that. And I part of me too. <laughs> I just wanted the history of Bengals and yeah, Niners, Niners and yeah. have there was something there. The third time. And then now you have the young upstart Joey Burrow instead of the young upstart Joe Montana, who was back, you know, in that first Bengals Niners game. The second Bengals Niners game was the very first. Super Bowl that I I have like a vivid memory of and I was actually rooting for the Niners in that game which it uh, in hindsight it it seems kind of gross I didn't know any better I was a little kid
1: Right his okay. last name was Montana we lived in Montana it was hard not to root for yeah, him when you're like bad. 9 <laughs> That, that sounds about right. But they but, weren't
0: in the division either. It was, it, you know, no. The yeah. It,
2: it was special to see Icky Woods. Like, he's, he's all of a sudden Icky Woods is everywhere. Icky Woods is at the pregame. Icky Woods is up at the podium. Icky Woods is doing the shuffle. Icky Woods is raising the flag. Icky Woods is like, you know, playing butt Bull on the sides. Like, it's all Icky Woods all the time. And I'm, I'm here for the Icky Woods and everything. But, and I want to go back to one second on the, on the Niners game, the Rams game. The thing for me is, yes, Stafford played a very good fourth quarter. His numbers were just really, really good in the fourth quarter. And if Tart catches a a give me interception, then Stafford threw two bad picks that game. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the Tart one probably probably ends the game, or you know, more than like more likely than not, the Four ers win that game going away. He also threw a bad pass at the goal line. That first interception was a bad decision. He threw yep. it into coverage. It gets batted up. But it gets all. I mean, I get it. You know, winners get sprinkles. That that's how life works. But it all gets washed away. And now it's like Stafford is this amazing quarterback. He's good. I think Stafford's good. But didn't he, he? Did he played bad enough to lose? Also, you know. So I'm just hoping that shows up in a couple of Sundays too, man.
1: He was full Stafford. Yeah, that was full Stafford experience right yeah. there. Some some wow plays, some good plays, and then a couple what the hell plays <laughs> in like some of the more uh, terrible times to do such things. Uh, that, that potential pick to Tart was, that's full Stafford. Like, that's the full Stafford experience. And I honestly thought at the beginning of this season, that's how their season would end. I really did. I thought it was going to end uh, a round or two before the Super Bowl off one bad Stafford throw. I, or, or he got injured before he even got there. It'd wow. been one of the two. And somehow he's going to have to go and lose to Joy Franchise, which... <laughs> You know, I will give the Bengals uh, some credit here and some hope. Uh, Just if there is a guy that can deal with the pass rush of the Rams and not get rattled and not get not turn into Jimmy G. Right. And to just keep chugging away and making the right play and leading his team in the biggest moments and have it not be too big. It's Joey franchise. I mean, he's that guy.
0: Well, I think there is a lot more to talk about with regard to the Bengals and Rams and just what the Bengals are going to have to do to get that Super Bowl win. But let's save that for next week. A big thanks to Clinton Bonner. Follow him out on Twitter at Clinton Bon. Become a member of the flock at getintheflock.com. Help support this show and become a member of our community. We have a discord group, we have a Facebook group. I'll be back later this week talking about some players to watch for as we start to ramp up our coverage toward the 2022 NFL Draft. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, go Hawks.